black women. I just wanna let y'all know, y'all fine as hell with your chocolate ass. I mean, hey, I'm just saying, fine. What's up with it? Hey guys, this is Meg and Jeanette, but you can call me Meg. And this is Greg. What's happening with y'all? And welcome back to another episode of Get It Together. Dog, I just gotta say, it's burr, like burr, burr, burr. the earlier we do the episode, it's like I be chilling, but the later we do it, I get cringeworthy because it's just like I just know our neighbors are like that loud ass woman over there. With yeah, that what's like, up her with his voice shit. Sounds so good. Like, dog. I'm about to knock on their door and tell them get the fuck out of here. I wish they would. I wish they I would. I would let them. I would let them. But yeah. So hey hope you guys have had a wonderful weekend. I have. Happy Fourth of July weekend, all that yes. good stuff. You know, if you celebrate that. Um and I don't really celebrate. I mean, if you go out and have some nice, like, hot dogs and all those things when you cook and have time with fam and you get a day off, and you know, it's a blessing. It's just another day that work gives me a day off and get food. I don't celebrate for it. Yeah. I was definitely not free. Well, my ancestors were definitely not free. Yes, 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 yes. Juneteenth, baby. Um, speaking of like grilling and all that stuff, so I have a question What's that happening? needs to be answered. What's happening? So there's all these controversial things going on. And one of the biggest controversies right now is whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. I have so actually never heard of this argument. Wow. She has finally listened to rumors and stuff before I have. This is, so, <laughs> this is amazing. I'm clap, clap up. <laughs> um, I want to ask what you think, but I want to see. No, your, no, I, yeah, no, that's what I said. I want to see your reaction. I already have my opinion. Hmm. I not no front. I would say a sandwich, and the only reason why I'd say no, I uh, so a hot dog is a sandwich. a hot dog is a sandwich. You know, and you can raise the question of a, a taco and shit like that, but no, it's totally different. In my opinion, that's different. I don't think anyone's debating whether or not a hot dog is a taco. No, 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 no. Like a taco belongs in the argument of being oh. a sandwich. Because you know you got soft shell tacos. That's basically bread, but. That's like a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> but hot dog. Well, now they're starting to make those hot dogs with the complete bun around the entire thing. Like the restaurant. There's like some restaurants up north that have the complete bread. You put a hole in it and you put the hot dog in there. So is that considered a wrap? The an- the question is, is a hot dog a sandwich? I don't know. I'm going down a wormhole right now. I know. Like, you didn't answer the question at all. You it's told a, me about hot dogs and a hole and crap. Going I didn't down ask a paradox. You that. I asked you, is a hot dog a sandwich? Are we alone in this world? <laughs> the aliens out there? I went down a wormhole. Yes, it's a sandwich. Fuck you. Why? How's it a sandwich? It is trapped between um, bread. Because you got, okay, yes, the bread is together, but really the bread is separate. The bread is like basically barely connected. Because if we be honest, all the bread is really connected on a loaf until you cut it. So when it comes to a hot dog, mm. it's it's just a loaf. It's just a loaf of bread that ain't been cut yet. That's a sandwich. That's a but a sandwich. hot dog is kind of like its own entity. Nah, that's a sandwich. No, because like a sandwich makes up has to have. Mm-hmm. Two separate slices okay. of bread. Okay. And it has to have different things in between it. No, I mean, but still, though, it's still. No, no, it's a sandwich. Like meat, lettuce. A hot dog is literally just like one piece of bread, and it, you put a piece of meat in between it. Okay. So, okay. So, let me ask this. You get, let's say you. Don't have any hot dog buns, and you use a piece of bread as a hot dog bun. It's is it still its own thing, or is it a sandwich now? Because that's sandwich bread. You just use one. That's piece of bread, sandwich bread. But you just had use one. No, piece but of bread. that's sandwich bread. But you use the one piece of bread. Okay, so what two. if you? Okay, what that's if you? Be two pieces. So of bread. if you're using two pieces of bread, it's just, it's a sandwich now. All because you're using two pieces of bread. Yes. something becomes a sandwich. No. No, yeah, no. So. I'm sorry. I I cannot. I love you, and I will let this marriage go to rock bottom because that is not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
a freaking well, then hot... it, okay so is a burger a sandwich a burger is a sandwich a burger is a sandwich a, no no dude you know about give my ring back a burger is a burger give, give my ring back you're not doing this that is def, that is a sandwich because okay then why aren't they called the same thing why are they call so it let, a burger so let me ask you this then if that's the case if you take the burger out and put a chicken piece of chicken in there what is it called a chicken sandwich. It's called a chicken sandwich. So if you put a piece of meat in there, it's a burger, but it's a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with you. I think oh, a, okay. I think a hot dog is a sandwich. You just wanted to hear me sandwich. stress yeah. out. Because you know I thought you were going to say opposite, so I had to play devil's advocate. But yeah, hell yeah, hot dog is a sandwich. It would be you gonna say the opposite? is literally not, not safe. No, that's a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, okay. But So let me ask you this. With also devil's advocate that's been going on like crazy around the world. Well, around the U.S., you are a, a student athlete in college, right? Uh huh. And you you were very good at your sport. I mean, you, I well, I you were like, you were okay. Okay, you were decent. Let's, let's say, say you were decent for volleyball. But let's say you were big time. Wouldn't you wanted to get have gotten paid for your service, right? Yeah, even though I, was, I low key was paid. Was your school was Langston? Is are they a part of the NCAA? No, NAIA. NAIA. Okay, but still, still, because I think they're gonna go there too. Well, anyways. NCAA has finally broken down that barrier and they're going to start paying college athletes for their likeness, for their, their pictures, for the endorsements, all that stuff. So you see all these 18 year olds, 19 year olds, like let's say you go to, you know, LSU, let's just Mm -hmm. bring up LSU. You go to LSU, you look at the stadium and then you look on the side of where the stadium is. And you know how you see pictures of the at, like some Mm -hmm. of the athletes, like huge pictures, huge pictures, marketing photos, marketing. With their names by their yes. actual names by uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Ch- uh, Jamar Chase, right beside the picture on the big ass side of the stadium when you're walking in to go to the game. So you obviously know, oh shit, I don't know who Joe Burrow is, but I know who he is now. He's getting my money, and they weren't getting nothing. Yep. So out of all these programs, selling the- jerseys <laughs> with their names on it. Out of all these programs in the whole U.S., maybe one or two players. We're getting something, and it was still nothing. Mm-hmm. There's just attention. They weren't getting paid. They were getting attention. So I know you didn't play sports sports video games. Like, you didn't play NCAA. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. I'm, I'm praying they bring it back. That was my – you know how I play Madden in, yeah. in 2K? I can play NCAA all day. If you come in and bother me, oh, I'll I say they don't I will say – I will literally tell you to leave <laughs> my house. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to play that all day. Let's keep it where it's at. So – NCAA would have the this huge frame of athletes on the entire game. Like I'm talking about the entire United States of America. Every NCAA college that had a football program would be on that game. And now one athlete received a dime for it. But guess who received money for it? The colleges? Yes, they did. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely think if that's been so wrong, especially just like – seeing these college athletes that play for these big like power five schools and power five schools are schools that get like crazy billions and millions billions. of dollars and stuff um Freaking athletic director for the athletic department and then have these kids like sitting in their dorm room and like barely like able to eat and stuff like that that's ridiculous and then they're selling jerseys and clothes off um, with their names on it for their likeness, and they get nothing for it. I always have thought that's been wrong, and, then the, and it has been a, like okay. Yeah, the worst part, the worst part, be you know how some kids come from the same city that the school is in, or maybe a couple towns away. Mm-hmm. You have these kids coming from freaking Houston, going all the way to Ohio State. They're broke as hell, no family out there, nothing. So it just yeah. made no sense that that was real. And in other news, Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. The biggest marketing athlete of our generation in college, literally, his I'm like the the agents, sports agents, and everything were giving his his family money, you know, because it's like uh, they were poor, they were poor, quote unquote. And when I guess the NCAA found out, they sanctions came in and they took Reggie Bush's Heisman. Well, guess what? He wants his shit back now. Mm-hmm. Like literally, as soon as yeah, NCAA stuff broke out, he said, "I want my trophy." Like yeah, and and literally NCAA is like okay, we literally had like a couple weeks to get his man <laughs> his trophy back. So. Oh, so they responded? No, yeah, they're gonna give it to him. He's like, you know, how he did that, and he said he's never coming to USC again. 
when he said, I'm coming to USC in 2021 or 2022 to, to finally like be on campus for the first time in almost 12 years. Dang. Because he's so upset that USC didn't have his back. Yeah. He's going back on campus. And then when they when USC found out that NCAA did that, they were like, okay, so if bro comes back on campus, he needs his trophy. Yeah. And NCAA is like, yeah, we need to make up a plan. They should have. They should give him his trophy yeah, back. Mr. On he deserved that, man. He worked his butt off they that, need to that have year. A full on thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Because definitely, I mean that. That's just that was just ridiculous. All in all, what happened with Reggie Bush? Um, and if like explain it to people who kind of like don't know basically what we're talking. So about. basically, you know, back well now we can say back then because it just happened. But at a certain point, these athletes because it's happened to so many athletes. These athletes come in, they're dirt poor, they they're broke, don't have nothing to eat, no food. But when you're that really really good, sports agents will come in and say, hey, you know, I want to be your agent. When you get ready to go to the league, it could be basketball, football, whatever. And what happens is you're not supposed to take any gifts from these agents. Like, you're not supposed to take gifts from these sponsors. You're not supposed to do nothing, none of that sort. You're not supposed to get paid for anything. And what happened was Reggie Bush's mom and dad, I I don't know if he, it was like a rent car. Like, they helped, like, one of the agents, the, the parents bought a house. And then the agent helped them with, you know, the rest of how, like, they bought the house and, and the agent was like, all right, cool. I'm going to help you with the rest of the paperwork and everything with the house. And then... He brought him a car. But here's the underlining part of it. Reggie didn't get none of that. His mom and dad got the house and car. Reggie was still on campus. I mean, yes, he came back and forth home, but he came home to like, oh, it's a house, a new house and car. I mean, boom. I'm about to be literally a millionaire in like three months now. Mm-hmm. This this all happened in the wide span of him getting ready to go to the NFL, like let, three, mm-hmm. four months. And boom. Like they took yeah. his stuff away from him. So... So, yeah, so then with that, they, like, took his Heisman from him and all that stuff, and he wasn't allowed to go back. They took his records down, all that. Yeah, so that's exiled him. So, yeah, bring it, get his stuff back, and so he can go back in. Um, So, opposite of that is Bill Cosby has been released from prison Mm. recently within this past week. And so what happened was... So Pennsylvania courts overturned his sexual assault conviction. So they're saying that the actor's due process rights were violated uh, while they were going throughout this um, process of him being prosecuted. So uh, some people are happy about that. Mm -hmm. Some people are unhappy about that. Mm -hmm. Some people, I think don't haven't looked into like the real facts about it yet. You see Felicia Rashad's tweet uh yeah yeah about how you know finally justice has been served and all that like i like basically yeah. saying he didn't do it but then like she recanted her tweet then to yeah. say like she wasn't trying to be insistive to people i've dealt with sexual assault so it's- i don't know how to feel about it because they didn't release him from prison because he didn't do what he did that's not like why they released him right and so and just like some context to that like uh, Gloria Al- Allred, who was like representing the accusers, like um, she said that overturning the conviction of his technical grounds didn't vindicate Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. So, despite the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's decision, it was important to fight for justice. And even though the courts overturned the conviction on technical issues, it didn't vindicate Bill Cosby's conduct, and it shouldn't be interpreted as a statement of him finding that he didn't engage in the act of what he's been accused of. Exactly. So, pretty much saying like they're not he wasn't released because he didn't do what the people said he did. He was released because um, of as far as just like the procedural issues that were wrong. Something went wrong with the paperwork. Something went wrong with the paperwork. Something was wrong with the paperwork. Somebody ain't signed one paper. Yeah. God damn it. They let him out. Somebody ain't signed a paper. So, that's, so that's I don't know. A, I, and I'm I don't good. know, man. I wasn't there. So I'm not going to lie. I, I will be that person in the middle of the entire thing that has to choose that has to choose a side now because when i first heard um bill cosby was released from jail they said it was because um i guess a few of the ladies were found out they lied and so it basically turned out they all lied in a way so when i heard that and you know how you just well, can't you heard it on twitter I, no i heard it off the radio it was actually on the radio and you when you hear new big news like that you have to literally check all sources. 
So when I heard that, my initial thought in my head was, oh, shit, so they were lying. Oh, my boy Bill is out. Like, oh, my God. And then when I finally started hearing the whole due pro, something went wrong with the fucking paperwork. That's how we're going to put Something went wrong with the paperwork. Now I'm like, oh, damn. So I was really happy. And now, now I feel like a dick because he actually probably did do this stuff. We just don't know. Something just went wrong with the paperwork. Yeah, it, that's it, it. It's like a sucky feeling because I know that people that have been victims of sexual um, misconduct and sexual mm-hmm. assault, and then the the victim of victims of the the quote unquote victims of his uh, sexual uh, assault. It's like it sucks because I you just don't know how they feel right now. Yeah, it's it's a very trash feeling. So no matter what, we don't really know what happens, but all we can do is say. I gotta, we have to be strong for those people that have been through the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, stay tuned as to what happens next in the case of Bill Cosby. Uh, I don't know how to feel. I don't have any emotions about it. I just am like, okay, all right. I ain't gonna lie. Speaking of that, the whole Deshaun Watson thing is not gonna get done for like a whole year. So yeah, that's I don't not even know if the updates on that is. We nobody nobody even really gives a shit about that no more. We <laughs> we supposed to give a shit, but it's is like he's still the quarterback. No, nah, he's gone. Oh. Like we've already t- we've I'm still on the fence of my Texans. Uh, they've moved on. Oh. If he wants to be there, he has a spot. But if he doesn't, they've moved on. They got three quarterbacks on the roster now. Interesting. You're only supposed to have two, but they oh. got a whole new batch. Okay. All right. Well, I mean. Um, speaking of moving on, unfortunately, so Shakari Richardson, remember Man, last week when we praised don't piss me off. the 100 meter <laughs> fastest woman in the world, 21 year old young girl from Dallas, Texas, who had ran her uh, Olympic trial in 10.8 seconds. Don't piss me off. <laughs> so new news that occurred this week is that so the gold medal favorite in the 100 meter apologized for a positive marijuana test that's has now had her suspended for a month and unable to run in the Olympics. So I have two types of feelings about this. So before we make any opinion Mm. about it, just want to say for context. So Mm -hmm. she blamed her use of marijuana as a way to cope with the unexpected death of her biological mother. So uh, while she was in Oregon for the trial, she ended up, she said she smoked weed uh, and she was saying this during like the interview where she's like crying on the news and stuff. And she said, like, she learned about the death of her biological mother during an interview that then sent her to a state of, like, emotional panic and shock. And then she didn't really know how to, like, deal with that. So she ended up smoking weed. And that was her way of, like, dealing with the issues and stuff. So I just felt like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. You don't know how to feel. Because I can see... I see both sides of the coin. I see that, okay, she smoked marijuana. And so, like, the anti-doping agency of the U.S. Olympics is who banned her and stuff. Okay. Um, okay, she's not, her smoking weed is not going to make her run any faster. Like, like that's not, that's not an enhancing I'm be, drug. So, this is where I am. I'm on the fence with. I'm gonna get deeper, but I'm gonna stand on this point. The NBA has given those players the right to smoke weed, right? You didn't know that. I didn't know. So the NBA has has given them a rule to smoke weed, but it has to be like I don't know the the specific rules, but there are rules to their being able to use uh, marijuana drugs. Let me tell you, in the U.S., bef- when when weed was banned from the NBA. In the U.S., the U.S. players were still beating that ass before. And then they got to smoke weed, and guess what they're doing now? They're still beating that ass. So I'm pretty sure if she was, if she never smoked weed, she'd probably still be beating that ass right now. So what the but hell? But her is, smoking weed has nothing to do with her That's running. what I'm saying. So what the hell is weed doing? Like, what does that got to do with like anything? Like, nothing. It's, it's nothing. just... She's it's just, be, she's and, so, and that's sober. where I get, but that's why, where I get to the other side of the coin. Cause then I'm like, okay, girl, you, you, you knew better are going to Olympics and you're like an athlete. And unfortunately you are an example. Mm-hmm. And so you know what the rules are and there are rules and rules must be followed. So mm-hmm. if you know that you're not, you're going to have to take a drug test and you know, you're not supposed to like be doing any sort of drug, whatever it is. 
that's saying this drug test, then don't do it. But you did. So them banning you, they're not like, they're not wrong for them like saying like you're suspended because those were the rules. However, it is dumb because like I think I'm pretty sure weed is legal in Oregon as well. Whenever she did weed it, is literally uh, is literally legal in Oregon. Yes, yeah, and so like it's, so that's the other side of the coin where it's just it's like legal. okay, well this is stupid because it was legal there when she did it. It's not like she was doing anything illegal. Mm-hmm. And then number two, it's not gonna help her run any faster than she already is running. It's not like enhancing anything. So it's just like I like both sides of it. I can see where I'm like, okay, girl, you just. You truly made um, a rookie mistake as a 21-year-old. And she kind of had said, like, she tweeted out that, I just say, don't judge me. I am a human. Um, I'm you. I just happen to run a little faster. And to that tweet, yes, you are human. You are a young girl who's out here trying to make it and stuff. However, I just feel like whenever you're put in special moments and special positions. I know. You need to rise to the occasion. You gotta know. And this is an example of someone who unfortunately was did not rise to the occasion to understand the moment that she was in her life. And I've seen this happen to so many people that I love in general with, I mean, weed, exactly, exactly that weed. And them just like not realizing the special place that they're in in life and allowing things outside of what they should be focused on to then control where their destiny lies. Exactly. Because she was going to go to the Olympics and win that 100 meter Oh, she's uh, going to whoop that ass. Like, she was going to. She was going to win. And be one of the youngest person so, won that. But, like, that's not going to happen now because of the decision that you made. Which right. also, I just feel like to encourage one to think about how your decisions affects others. I mean, affects yourself first and affects others around you. It might affect the community that is looking up to you. You know? And not to put all this, like, weight onto, like, a young 21-year-old girl's um, shoulders and stuff. So I don't think it is, but she, I think it is a lesson it. learned. She's gotten it the past what two days that's been going on. She's definitely gotten like a talking to. But I want one thing for black people not to be, and I'm not saying this in a way. I'm not trying to defend the white man. So everybody, calm down. Do not compare this to Michael Phelps. God in heaven, don't do it because I've researched it already. Wait, what? I don't remember. What remember Michael Phelps, Phelps got he he tested positive too, but he tested positive after the Olympics. For what marijuana? For marijuana, he got well. He got caught smoking weed out of a bong. It was a photo. He had just won the two thousand eight. He won so many, like I think around four or five medals uh-huh. in the two thousand eight Olympics. And two thousand nine, it was a pic. A photo went around that he was smoking out of a bong, mm-hmm. and he they had to take a drug test and they found out that he was positive for it. He lost his sponsorship. Uh, Phelps Ooh, received a three month suspension from competition and lost. His Kellogg sponsorship in 2009 after a photo surfaced online showing the most decorated Olympian of all time smoking from a marijuana pipe, which is just a bomb. So, <sighs> guys, so don't don't compare that to Michael Phelps. He did not. I also looked online. He did not compete in nothing. He was suspended as well. Black people were all over Twitter. What about Michael Phelps? What about Michael Phelps? Please, guys, read because. That's just gonna bring up way more stuff, and that has not, that was literally the same situation and the same outcome, except for Michael didn't get suspended from the Olympics. He actually drug tested for the Olympics and t- tested negative. So, mm-hmm. guys, let's not do yeah. that. Let's not do that. Good point. Um, and so, and just with the Olympics, so we were. I was just so excited just raving about shit. it just uh, last <laughs> week and stuff, and I was just so so happy about the Tokyo Olympics coming back. And y'all know I said I love the Olympics. However, Tokyo Olympics has now banned Afro swimming caps. Banned. So what that means is that the Olympic committee and stuff, they said that they believe that elite athletes don't require caps of that size. And so as far as just context, there's a UK company that's called Soul Caps, and they created uh, swimming hair caps for natural Afro hair is what they uh, call it kind of in uh, the UK. And so this is like done like the cap. If you look at a normal size it's swimming cap, it's really, it's tied in like very form fit to your head. But like the Afro swimming caps, it's tied in form fit to your head. But in the middle, there's a little bit of uh looser kind of like part to hair. it. So you have time, like your hair has room to grow. Cause if you have, if you have thick curly hair, like me, I cannot put my hair under the swimming cap, like a normal size swimming cap that generally people that have more like 
straight hair put under their head because it's not going to fit. It's going to fall off in the water and my hair won't be protected. And so they just said the they said they feel the caps are unsuitable because they don't follow natural the natural form of the head. So this is BS. Yeah, they, they you know <laughs> this what? Is dumb. You know, because the whole world was recognizing that this year's Olympics was the Black Girl Olympics. Yes. And you know what they said? They said, fuck them girls. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like like it's just the same shit as the marijuana thing. They were we literally black athletes were just about to start coming for that ass in swimming. And y'all found something to fuck with them. So guess what? They're still gonna come for that ass if they decide to compete. They just said braid it up, braid it up, sis. braid that, braid that shit up. Just braid it up and put on this little uh, normal form of swimming cap to your head. Because yeah. once again, Tokyo Olympics, wearing an Afro swimming cap is not gonna make them swim faster. If anything, it should slow them down because it's bigger. It's weighted, like. <laughs> If anything, your hair is already weighted by so, itself. So please make it make sense. Make it they, make sense. Now they're reaching. Uh, they're, Truly they're, make this literally that that was ridiculous. That's like, a reach. I'm going to need y'all to make it make sense because <laughs> why is this something that we are even caring about? The Afro swimming caps. You know what I think they did? They 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 went back and watched Monique's. Uh, <laughs> her bonnet video. Her bonnet video. <laughs> you know, like, you actually, know what? Yeah. Monique's right. <laughs> Tough, take that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> Monique's right. And take that shit off. Monique has a point. She has a point. They don't need that so, shit. Um, yeah, so all my <laughs> black women sisters out there, Yo, you know, man, um, I wish y'all the best of luck and go ahead and show them up and I'm there to support you. Hey, you know what I just thought of too? Hey, Olympics, it's going to it's gonna suck that you ban all these things and suspended so many people, and then black people are basically the ones that bring all the medals home still. I'm Just an FYI, because I heard this year is a very high number of African-American athletes that are in there mm-hmm. for, for the U.S. So it's going to suck when you're banning stuff and you're cutting people and suspending people, and they still whoop that ass. So just it. Just FYI, you know, love you Olympics. I'm never going to be there, so I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But I do give a fuck about one thing. Mm -hmm. One person, one man, myth, legend, Superman himself. I'm talking about that guy that went to New Orleans. Then went to... New Orleans. Then he went to Los Angeles Clippers. Then he went to uh, the Rockets. Then he went to the Thunder. And he finally found happiness in Phoenix, 16-year career, CP3. <laughs> Our guy, we just talked Chris about him last. Paul. Just talked about him last episode. Our guy's headed Baby to daddy. his first. Shut your ass up. <laughs> hey, I, Chris, you're one of my favorite players. I whoop your ass, though. <laughs> That's just my baby daddy. I, I twist. I, I don't say something bad to you. <laughs> Nipple twist. <laughs> um, nah, man, we're very excited because we talked about it last episode. And Chris Paul is heading to his first ever in history, first ever NBA Finals. And it took him 16 years to do it, but who gives a shit? His kids are almost grown now. <laughs> 16 years, man. That's a long time. That's a, that's a to long Continue on a journey. Yes. So I think, I guess, I feel like, because in basketball, you know how people always have like goals and stuff. I guess for basketball, going to the NBA finals must be like a personal goal for like all players. Like that's, that's what they want to get to I think doing. every athlete, some of those things are personal. Well, some of them just want money. But <laughs> yeah, I know because I'm thinking like what because I, I, it made me think about like what is normally the goal of being an athlete, like a professional athlete. Like if in football, are you are people there just for like the money, or are they really just like oh, I really just want to win the NFL championship and go to Super Bowl. Or so in basketball, are they there to play for the money because it's their job, or they're just like I really just want to get to the finals. Seems like Chris really wants to get to the finals. Yeah, because I mean, considering you, his history, you look at all these other teams. Like, um, you look at the Le- the teams LeBron have played on. They every team LeBron has played on went and got him players because he asked them. Kobe, when he went to a team, he didn't have to ask for players. The Lakers literally gave him players. You go to uh, KD. KD literally hopped from team to team to get his cha- his championship. 
So it's like all these teams with these superstars were just like, you know what, let me help my guy out. My man went to four different teams and never got the real help he needed. Mm -hmm. And finally, he goes to a team that, like, literally, same thing. And instead of him being like all the other teams, uh, LeBron's and and Katie's, you know what he says? I'm going to take these young cats, and I'm going to make them into some stone-cold killers. The Phoenix Suns were already, like, good. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were, like, the best youngest team in the league. And Chris Paul said, just put Big Daddy Paul on the court. I'm going to turn y'all up another notch. And now they are they were the second best team coming out of, out of the NBA going into the playoffs. Now they're in the first round. Now they're in the last round. Yeah. Last round of the playoffs. The last dance. So, Chris, man, we are rooting for you. We're still waiting on the results for the other teams. Y'all were so damn good. Y'all just blew out every team y'all played. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. I'm literally just so excited. They kind of scared I mean, me though. They scare you. Why? They know they scared me because because Paul George was whooping that ass the other oh. game. He 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 lit the ass and uh, and your boy got his ankles crossed. I'm sorry, he got his ankles crossed. Twice. It's okay. That happens in basketball. It's okay. That happens in basketball. It's not a big deal. She got so. Offensive. Everyone gets their ankles crossed at least some point in time. That's your, just you, what happens. You got your ankles taken? Oh no, not me. I was defender of the year. Shut your ass <laughs> up. Defense, defense. I've was, definitely defense got run over. games, and I'm always, my feet were way too quick for that. I was a defender. I no. will say I've never got crossed playing football, but I have gotten truck stick. I've definitely tasted somebody's. We're not talking about that. We're talking about I know. About I'm just saying. I'm just being honest. I've tasted somebody's chin is. strap when you get ran the fuck over. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, so, I mean, just, like, looking at Chris Paul and his journey, like, how it's been, like, a 16-year journey of getting to where he's at right now and all the um, ups and downs, highs and lows he's gone through, the ebbs and flows and stuff, it just makes you think about just as far as just, like, there could have been any points in time where maybe, like, he could have quit, where he could have given up, where he just would have felt like he didn't want to, like, persevere and move on. And it kind of just speaks to just, like, how we should be in life when it comes to, like, our goals and looking towards, like, you know, what the long-term goal is and, like, what it really takes to get to, like, where you want to be and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, like, another, like, a word generally that, like, comes from that is what grit. Have you ever heard of the word grit before? I have heard of the word grit before. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Ah. Well, okay, so, I mean, if you guys haven't heard of grit. Are we not talking I'll about grits? You- I thought we were talking about grits. Not grits. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not funny. the little uh, porridge things or whatever. Mm. <laughs> um, is grit, are grits rice? That's rice. So they're like little pieces of rice? It's also a sandwich. Shut up. <laughs> no, 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 for real. Before no, it's rice. That's that's cut up rice, yes. But yes, they're I have heard. little pieces of rice? Little pieces of rice. Interesting. You never knew that. Wow. I always wonder, but I'm like... It's actually a poor meal. Why? It's a poor meal from, like, long ago. why do grits taste better than rice? So, they actually... so off topic. They they actually have, like, salt and stuff already in them. Like, rice is just rice. Yes, you have, like, a little salt in there, but since the rice is a whole grain, that salt soaks in better. But with grits, the minerals and seasonings and salt you put in there... They since the rice is so small, it kind of is like just around inside the little, you know, however you make it. So when you're eating it, you're basically eating rice and seasoning. Mm-hmm. And with rice, you're just eating rice that has sodium that has seasoning somewhere in it. If you have that, okay. Well, we're talking about grits. So okay, not grits. well, grits. Goddamn, you're the one that did it, so I'm not. Don't blame me. You went into this whole ass explanation. I'm like, you, okay. um, grits. all right, but so grits, G R I T. No so, um, grit in, in psychology, it's described as a positive non-cognitive trait based on an individual's perseverance of effort combined with a passion for a particular long-term goal or end state. And so the term grit kind of became popularized from this lady named Angela Duckworth, who did a TED talk on it that had like over 5 million views. And what she did was like research on schools in New York City, where she Went to the schools, looked at the kids and stuff, like, in, like, a very, like, poor low-income area and tried to just figure out, like, you know, what, why do, like, some individuals accomplish more than others? And she looked at, so, how, like, what their IQ levels were, like, how intelligent they were, 
um, how hard they worked, what their family background was. And it all came down to like her, the IQ level didn't matter. It didn't matter how intelligent you were. It didn't matter like where you came from, what really mattered as far as like people getting out of that situation, like moving on to accomplish things in life was the grit that they had. And so she kind of like described grit as being perseverance and passion for long-term goals. So the people that had grit were the people who were able to persevere throughout things and different trials in order to reach their long-term goals. Cause they knew that the small things are happening are going to, is what they're going to be able to do to just achieve more in life. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And so, um, and I, I actually kind of just want to talk about that. I feel like within, for both of us in our life, this point in time, like we've, I know for me, I never knew what the term was until recently that we had to deal with a great deal of grit. And like, I realized grit is what I have. Grit is why I'm at, I've been able to accomplish and be where I want to be. And so we'll go to a couple of pillars that deal with this and talk about perseverance and then um, go from there. So the first thing is courage. So um, Angela Duckworth was kind of saying like courage is meaning it's like the ability to manage fear of failure and it's a predictive success. So if you don't have fear of failing, then you're more often likely going to be successful in things because you don't have that aspect of life holding you back. Right. And so like gritty people aren't afraid to tank it. Like they mostly like embrace that tanking and failing is a part of the process. And so, I mean, for you, like I asked like what types of lessons have you learned like being in defeated or being in failure and stuff? Or like, what do you have any examples of that? as far as in your life and stuff? Well, I know for me, just, uh, I can bring in football aspect. I don't, I don't have to bring up like what's going on right now. Um, I remember I was graded my freshman year of, of football. I was one of the best players on my team. And then the next season, we got this brand new coach. I think I've told you the story before. He came in with my favorite coach. They both came in at the same time. But this brand new coach came in and he was a dick. Like he did not like me. And I, I really thought it was just like a, oh, you know, maybe I just, I need to get better. No, I really, I had to realize, like, one of the coaches told me, he's like, nah, he just doesn't like you because I, I wasn't one of his star players. Mm-hmm. So he would talk down to me. He would talk bad. Like, I'm I'm a four, I'm a 16-year-old child. Mm-hmm. You're a 34-year-old adult. Like, bro, you're supposed to be encouraging us. And I was not, I was a good player. So it wasn't like I was like a suck player that just sits on the bench and you just call, talk smack to. I was actually a really good player. And he talked down to me. He told me I was never going to amount to being a good football player. And it put me in a very mood way that I was like, I'm never going to be good, to, you know, on my own. I'm never going to be good. I'm never going to be good. And I had to realize, wait, you know, one day it just shocked me. I'm like, dog, I was one of the, I'm one of the top dogs here. Like you just basically just dug me in the dirt and I let you do it. So now it's time for me to pick myself up. So the whole off season before the next season, because I literally did not play a lot of games because I was on JV that year. The whole offseason, next season, I must have worked out every day, ran every day. And, I mean, the coaches would be saying, Harris, you need to get the hell out. I'm trying to go home to my kids and my wife. And I'm like, Coach, 10 more minutes. When I came back junior year, he was still the same way. But when he would have that ample time to say, all right, fuck it, Greg, get in. I I balled the fuck out. I did what I needed to do. So, at the end of the season, I end up, like, replacing some of those guys, some of those snaps, some of that time. Because it's like, dude, you couldn't you couldn't defeat me. I let you get into my head, so you won. But you're not going to win this overall outcome of this battle. So at the end of the day, I made you look foolish and made you eat your words. I look to me and to a lot of people that actually watched us play, they would say, no, you actually kind of look better than those players. So mm-hmm. I would say it. I'm being honest. And I don't care. I'm going to keep that in my mind, in my head for throughout eternity that I beat myself by beating you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so I would say for me, when I think about that, as far as just like um, not being afraid to fail and stuff or tanking it, I don't think I really got that notion or understanding of being like failure is okay until I truly failed. Um, when it came to like life and stuff. So as some of you may know, if you listen to a couple of our episodes, I had started PT school officially. So physical therapy school officially in the year 2016 
of August. And so in that time frame, I actually was, um, what am I trying to say? So in that time frame, I ended up starting off my first semester and then I was in a car accident within that car accident. I ended up having a concussion. Uh, but even in that the time frame when I had that concussion, I had to take my exams, like first week of exams and what we have in um, PT school, like the first week, they literally have all of our exams back to back. It'd be like week five is what they'd say. Cause like, if you don't get past week five, you're probably not going to make it through physical therapy school. Cause Damn. all the exams were like Sound literally like my job now. literally going back and back and forth. <laughs> and so I failed truly like all my exams that first week. So I was already in a hole and in the point of like not being able to make it through the semester. Then on top of that, that's whenever like I was getting stalked by um, my ex. And then during that time as well, my concussion was getting worse and worse as the days went on. But I kept truly kept trying, kept trying to stay there and be like, no, like I'm going to make it through. I worked so hard to get here. It's so hard to get into physical therapy school. They don't accept like a thousand people apply. They accept like 50 and so I was just truly, truly just like, I'm not about to fail. I'm not going to be a failure and just go back home. And I was truly so against it. So ended up truly like not doing well and having a conversation with um, my dean. She's just being like, you know what? You should probably go home and just restart the next year to like get the help that you need and stuff. Because I literally had told her like everything that was going on because she was wondering like, why are you not doing well and stuff? And when I went home... My dad is a person that kind of made me come to light about what was going on. Cause mm. he said, he said to me that, you know what? Like failing is not bad because There's something wrong with it. failing, like he's like, your generation makes it seem like failure is not an option and failing is an option like that. That's something that you learn from. And so it's just, it depends on what you do next. That's going to set you apart. So don't be afraid to fail. Don't be embarrassed about failing. He's like that. Like everyone's failed in life at some point in time, but it's like, how did they pivot from that? And whenever we had that discussion, the first time I kind of sat there, I was like, Oh my God, no, whoa, it's me. I'm a failure. This is the worst. Mm. But as time went on, I, if a flip in my mind switched and I was just like, no, like, yes, failure was an option. That's the option that I took, but like, how am I going to pivot and be sure I come back stronger than I did before? And I think, like, that was a part of me where, like, my grit started for real. Mm. It's just that I was just like, I have a long-term goal of where I want to be a physical therapist. And though I didn't do well this first time at it, I have another chance. So how am I going to make this do things differently this time go around to reach my long-term goal and fight through it to even prove to myself that, like, I'm not, yes, I failed. It's fine. I failed. Like, some people are so embarrassed and like scared to say they failed something like it's just like the end of the world the world's gonna just they're gonna i don't know blow up or something but yeah like i did i failed but then i came back came back stronger worked my ass off and got to where i needed to be and so i mean and i'm just saying that's just like encouraged lots of you because like there are times in life where failure is truly an option and you can go past that so it's really just how you pivot and stuff Um, Speaking of pivoting all that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. As a player, as a Mac, I love getting these ladies, but now more than my paper sad. Now rule one, get your cash on MOB. That's paper in my pocket, my nigga P-I-M-P. Homie, don't hate me, man, just hate the game. The only reason your woman <laughs> digging me because I play with things. Don't take, don't take it personal, my nigga. I don't love her. I'm a player. She just going to get me company while I get lifted as I lay up. Hey. Okay. That kind of sucked. I'm sorry, guys. I read. The, I, I I cheated to this time. I read the lyrics. All right. I know. <laughs> hey. And nobody actually asked you to rap. I do. I, I usually sing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, because you don't I, rap. I actually so. listened to this song like three times today. Stick to what you know. You number one about. Alone. You better leave me alone. <laughs> number one about being gritty. Shit, Stick to what you know. Yeah, you better leave me alone. <laughs> I'm not, hey, and also, guys, just fair warning: we are tired as shit. <laughs> yes, I'm very tired. Oh man! So if I'm flipping over my words, or yeah, she definitely says switch to flip. Saying the word like way too many times, I totally we're working apologize on that. because 
I'm exhausted, but here we are. We're doing it, nah. and we are. Nah, ain't no excuses. <laughs> yes, no excuses. But so another thing are long-term goals and endurance and follow-through. So gritty people, it takes follow-through to get to where you want to be. Exactly. And when you think about being successful, extraordinary success requires a long-term commitment. So achievement is a product of talent plus effort. That, and when you think about when you achieve things and that it takes, yes, number one, the talent, but it's really the effort that gets people to the success that they want to be at in life. Mm-hmm. And you cannot get anywhere if you're not putting effort into whatever you want to be, whatever that goal may be. That's true. And so for you, how does that display in your life? So, yes, there are certain things that I am good at. And there are certain things I have to put effort in. But I feel like in order for me to realize that I have to put the effort in, I have to realize I have a talent. So in order for me to go out there and say, I wanted to join a football team, that's effort. But I also had to realize in my head, I may be good enough to hit somebody. You know, that's just like the job I go to. Like the job I'm, I'm, I'm going for now. Yeah, let's talk about life. I'm, t- I'm talking about life. Yeah, Job. I know. She says football. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Gosh. Um, well, like the job I'm I'm at now. I love my job. But in order for me to realize that I wanted to apply for this job, I put the effort in to pick up that pen or get on the computer and apply. But I also had to tell myself, you are the shit. You know, you're good at what you feel like you do. And that applies at every every part of life. So mm-hmm. with that, it's just like, um, you know, you look good, right? You know, you're a great dresser, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you buy clothes. So the effort is going to the store, but buying the clothes is the talent. Cause you're like, I know this is going to look good on me. Okay. I mean, it, come well, on, come that on. was a very, that what, what was it? That deep? analogy deep. was just not. That was deep. Not what I was oh, yeah. looking for. Oh, yeah. So Sticks another way stones, to think about this. They break my bones, but words will not hurt me. Thank you. Thank is you. Is the follow through aspect of it. So when you're thinking about an end goal, end game, long-term goal, you will not get there quickly. So that saying that life is a marathon, not a sprint, but you got to win the race. I think that was straight. Just got to keep going. It's truly, it's truly that. When you think about where you started at to where you are now in life, and even if you're not at where your long-term goal is, I me, mean, I would say for myself, I'm not at my long-term goal. I'm mm-hmm. not. Nowhere near yet. Literally, mm-hmm. this is just part of the process of what I want to get to do, um, doing at the end of the day. What T.I. said at the end of ATL, this is just the beginning. Exactly. Exactly. And so. And that was a whole hour and 50 minutes. It's the endurance behind it that you really have to build whenever if I could relate it to real life for me, whenever, um, and, and it always goes back to school because honestly, nah, that has been life. the hardest thing that it's been. But I mean, that is like, that is I life. Know. I'm I saying just, like I a, find a goal to, that you want to get to. I couldn't find a way to get back at you. So during that time period of me being in graduate school, I had to watch all of my friends, family members and things of that sort, go on these different trips, have a good life, live their best life, and just they look like they're having such a wonderful time. Then here am I in the library all wee hours of the night reading a book, checking my Instagram, seeing everyone's having a great time, out partying, and here I am just like reading reading a book, trying to be sure that I'm studying, staying focused on what my goals are. So in that time period, you have a choice. You have a choice whether or not are you going to be the person that's going to put yourself first and set yourself apart? Or I could have just succumbed to whatever else was going on in the world and just been like, F my goals. I'm going to go ahead and just call it quits at this point in time and not follow through with what I'm trying to do in life. And so it's just and with those moments, yeah, there's been times where I would just have to lay there and be I truly don't want to do this anymore. This sucks. I want to go out. But knowing that, in order for me to get to what the long-term goal is, I'm going to have to go through this process. And it takes endurance. It's like, it was not a, a fast-paced thing. It takes the fact of me 
being disciplined in myself. And so you knowing that I'm going to have to put myself first and I'm going to have to shut some things off. So for me to get where I'm going, but in the end, I'm literally going to end up at the same spot or if not ahead of where other people were that I was jealous of doing different things um, and living their life at that point in time. Right. So, I mean, and just like, there's not really, there's not, and I feel like with that, when you think about endurance and follow through, there's not talent really with that. It's more like the effort behind it. Like, how hard are you going to work in order to get to where you want to be? That's truly what it's about. Because, like, you don't have to to be the smartest person in the world. You don't have to have all the connections. Though those things help, but I've met so many very lazy, intelligent people who put no effort into anything, and they get nowhere. So it's wasted space and brains, honestly. And that's not what you want to be. You want to be the person that's going to put in the effort. I'd rather be the person that's working hard to get to where they want to be and not just be, I I got here because I'm the most intelligent person in the room, but Mm -hmm. I got here because I worked my ass off and I deserve to be here. And this is my endurance and follow through for me getting to where my end goal is. I think you enjoy stuff when it comes to that because you got to think about it. You're just that person that's just talented or that person that's just smart and you just, you just get it. You get, you go through it like that. But you got to think about it. And I've been in this this circle so many times. The people that fail so much, when they make it, they know how to do their job. They know how to do that. They know how how to perfect their craft because they failed so much. Like you, like what we said earlier, this failure is a part of everything. Uh, a preacher told me a long time ago when I I was in my de- like my days I was depressed watching people go to college and stuff blah blah blah. He said we fail every day, you know that right? And I I thought I was know, know what he was saying, but then he broke it down. He said when you go to sleep at night, you don't know if that's gonna be your last time waking up. Mm-hmm. You're failing, you know. When you uh, drive in your car, you literally have a fifty percent chance of getting in a wreck. That's failure. You have failure all around you. So you have to be able to enjoy life as it is and be able to perfect what you are, like perfect what you're trying to do because you fail so much that when you finally make it, it just it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the fact that sometimes I just wasn't good at something. And then when I made myself work hard and I made myself like better at it and I actually learned how to perfect that craft, it was like, wow. Yeah. This shit's amazing. Yeah. I definitely agree. And what goes with that is resilience. So that's the next point. Resilience is truly the thing that gets so many of us by mm-hmm. in life whenever it's come to that part of, okay, we're not feel, fearing failure. We're now following through and enduring towards our goals. But then when things happen, which they will, do you have the strength to get back up? Right. So why do you feel like for yourself that you've had the strength to get back up when it's came to times in your life where you had to be resilient and bounce back so from where you were. My last name is Harris. And one thing my grandpa used to always tell me back in the day was we don't give up on shit. So if you feel like this is when I was taking a tax test, the task test, tax test, tax test, whatever it is. Um, when we were taking that and I failed it. Uh, I think I was in seventh grade. I failed it. He was like, we don't give up. He said, you better, you can take your ass to summer school. And you better take that shit. So every time I go through, around in life, I look at a, a situation that's real difficult. I always say, there's no point of turning back. There's no point of giving up. We don't give up around here. My last name is Harris. That's how I look at life all the time for myself. So it kind of helps me like push, like because I know there's a better outcome in the end if I just work my ass off if mm-hmm. I get to where I'm going yeah and so Angela Duckworth she made the ideal that resilience is really a dynamic combo so it's optimism confidence and creativity and social sciences kind of comprise it of three different tenets so resilience being the belief that one can find meaningful purpose in life belief that one can influence one's surrounding and the outcome of events and also the belief that positive negative experiences will lead to learning and growth so with those things i do agree with that that the reason a lot of times people 
are able to be resilient in different situations is because they want to be sure that they have a, a meaning and purpose in life when it comes to different things. That if you're focused on more of the meaning behind what your end game goal is, it's not hard to bounce back from right. failure. It's not hard to be in the ebbs and flows and depths and being like, I'm going to continue pressing on. I'm going to follow through. And especially if you know that what your long-term goal is goes beyond you. If you're thinking about legacy or generations coming after you and that you're influencing your surroundings, influencing the outcome of events of what could happen, then that's even something else that's pushing you forward to be really persistent on what your goals are at that point in time. Right. And it's also two ways to look at it. When you're in the middle of a task or uh, the middle of like an obstacle that's just not going right, go back to the beginning. Why did I join in the first place? Why did I do this in the first place? Why did I get up, you know, start my entire life over by starting a new career in the first place or anything like that? Because that's going to help you. Realizing why you started also can help you with your end goal. And Think about this way. This should be a gym to help you, all y'all. Imagine you have kids and you failed at something. You failed miserably or you quit. Let's quit. Then you're going to say fail. Well, mm-hmm. failure is quit, blah, 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 same thing. Let's say you quit and your kids, like they see a picture of you in a book, like a, there's like a picture book of you, like you got, you know, whatever, photo album. And they say, oh, dad, you... Our mom used to like motorcycles, used to like fixing on cars or used to uh play such and such sport. Like, oh yeah, I did. And now you got to explain your kids, but I quit. Mm-hmm. You know how I suck that mate, that feeling is? I had to go to my kid and my kids like so amazed that they see an old picture of me like doing something crazy amazing. And they're like, well, what happened? Oh, your dad quit. He couldn't take it no more. So that, no, that is one good way to think about it because that's how I I do kind of think about it sometimes. I'm in this situation right now. I'm putting myself on the line, my life on the line, my effort on the line, my time and my heart, my soul is all in it. So when I feel quitting is literally at the end of the road for me, at the end of this day, I always think, man, what if my kids open up a photo album and see a picture of their dad in it. And then I got to explain to them why I'm not in that career or in that situation anymore because I just decided to quit. Mm-hmm. That's a suck feeling to tell your son or your daughter. Yeah, I quit. So now they're going to go in life thinking, hey, my dad quit. It's something he was, he like a great career or a great sport he was good at. That's fine if I quit. So I have a question. Yeah. So there's quitting and then there's failure. So what is the difference or I guess the impact whenever for the same example you're using that the child sees you as a parent in something that you don't currently do that day, whether it be a career and you say you failed and that's why you didn't get there. So, and at what point, sorry, this is a backup question. And at what point in time do you continuously continue trying something until, Until you say it's enough. you say okay, yeah, that's it. I can't do it. This anymore. might be it. So failure, like I, I said, pivot. so like I said earlier, uh, stop asking me questions, damn it. So <laughs> <laughs> failure is a part of everything. Quitting is a personal choice. Okay. Yes. So when you fail at something, you failed, but you have the option to say, "All right, I'm going back." When you quit, you quit. I don't care if you go back. You always going to be remembered as the person that quit that first time. Mm-hmm. All, no matter what, you can pass all of it through. People are gonna say, "Hey, that's that guy that quit, that quit that uh that fifteen k uh mile." That's that guy. But that you quit. as a person, how does that? When at what point in time do you decide to pivot for something that you continuously fail at? All right, so first of all, don't cut me off no more. I was getting to it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I had to give her the side eye. Like, look here, damn it. Um. That's not a good, that's really no good answer for that. It depends on your mindset because you have some people who they feel like their first time is it. Some people, they say, I'm going to give it third time's a charm. And then you got those those rock hard, like 
strong believers that say, you know what, seven times the charm. I can do this a seventh time because I'm definitely a seven timer. I definitely don't care about what's going on, how many times I failed. I'm just going to keep trying, trying, trying. The cutoff point is I want to say, I want to say for something that you're not getting, not something that you're just trying out because what I'm about to say is going to make sense. Age. Age is, is a cutoff point. If you have tried so many times before, like and you and those in those years added up to the age you are now. Now, if you're just like 34 years old, 35 years old, and you go into something that's ex- like crazy, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you are a middle-aged person, like 20 something, 25 years old, 24 years old. You go into this thing, this field, career, sport, uh, challenge. And you cannot complete it. Now you're 32 years old. You're trying again. It's like, yeah, that's at a certain point. You got to know maybe psychologically something's wrong with you and you need to get it fixed. And you need to either figure out if this is really for you. That's the time when you when you figure out if this is the time to really say, you know, I've, I've done everything. It's the fact of looking at yourself and saying, I've done physically everything or mentally, spiritually, everything, and it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you got one one time to dig in one more time spiritually, that little bitty speck, uh, faith of a mustard seed. That's that last step to just saying, yeah, I can't do it. When you've drained mentally, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, you got to take that faith out one more time. When you feel like, because everybody, you've been pushed to the limit before. Mm-hmm. I've been pushed to the limit plenty of times. So I know, I've only ever been pushed to the limit of that faith of a mustard seed one time. I'm actually to the to the edge of it right now to almost get that faith of a mustard seed. You're drained. Mm-hmm. You're tired. That faith is right there. You're pinching that mustard seed with your thumb and your index finger. And you're just saying, you're my last shot, big dog. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, if you can do that and make it, it's everything is worthwhile. But if you do that and you still don't make it, you got to say, hey, man, maybe this just isn't for me. And it's nothing. We all we don't want you to get mi- anything mixed up with saying failure is failure. Quitting is quitting. And there's just nothing wrong with it. Because like I said, failure is a part of life. You're, you fail every day. Yeah. And quitting is uh, uh, unfortunately that's a part of life, too. But the difference between both is failure happens every day and quitting is an option that you choose. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, quitting, I feel like it's more of a choice. That's a choice. And also, and just so that other third point, I do just want to reiterate that the belief that positive and negative experiences will lead to learning and growth, Mm -hmm. I think is pretty powerful because we, uh, we have multiple experiences throughout life and you have the choice of what box you want to put them in and what you want to learn from each. I believe that the positive things in life have taught me different things about myself. And also I can look retrospectively at the negative things that have happened to me in life and dissect it and realize what did I learn in that season? And I feel like doing that is very helpful and a good exercise of practice on your own, especially when you've gone through traumatic experiences in life. Right. I, I truly believe that those have been, huge learning moments and they've helped create the blueprint to where I'm at now mentally, physically, emotionally, because I was able to look back on those things and pick out the little pieces and pearls of what I want to take with me. And the biggest thing about that too is you have to know your limits from the beginning it's, it's it's good to weigh your limits from the beginning. Like, hey, I'm, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. Because when you're in the middle and you're stuck at a point where you're like, dang, I am stuck right now. I don't know where to go. You got to look back at where your limitations were. Because now your limitations are on another level. So now that should be able to like inspire you and say, you know what? I sure did break a barrier before. I broke a barrier two months getting in here. I broke a barrier last week. I broke a barrier yesterday. Right now, I'm at a standstill. So you think if I didn't break those barriers then, I can't break them now? You have a whole nother thing coming. Mm-hmm. And as far as like the last point, so we're looking at excellence versus perfection. Right. When we think about gritty people, you don't seek perfection 
they more so seek excellence. And that's because we're thinking about perfection. Perfection truly in life isn't necessary. It's, it's never necessary to be perfect unless you're in sports like gymnastics or dance or mm-hmm. some sort. Then obviously those people are looking for perfection. But also when you think about perfection, it's an ideal that or or it's someone else's perception of an ideal. That's really what perfection is. And if we think about excellence, excellence is more of an attitude. And excellence is what I feel like for myself that I always strive for in all things that I do. Most importantly, because I believe that God calls me to be excellent in things because he's excellent. And that's where my fulfillment and purpose comes from. And so whatever that is for you, I believe that you should find out what is the thing that fulfills you and your purpose that makes you want to be excellent and whatever your endeavors are. However, I do believe the time that I used to strive for perfection was a time period that I became very stressed about things. And I had to realize like, I'm never going to amount to being perfect, but I can have the attitude of excellence throughout everything that I do. Even when it comes to like the podcast and stuff, we want to be sure that we bring you guys content that's going to help you learn, grow, and y'all grow with us, and we grow together. That's the purpose of it. And there should be excellence always around that. We never want to come here and just give crap that is you just waste your an hour of your life. And I truly believe that is where my heart and soul lies when it comes to all things, all do all things with excellence in the back of your mind to create and fulfill your purpose. And then that's kind of where my gritty journey has brought me to. Right. And I mean, one good example for excellence versus perfection, and I don't want to keep you long with that, is think about it in a simple terms. You know, I I, I know some women do, uh, do uh, follow it, but I, I know I'll reach the guys with this one. And I don't want to hear no arguments. This is just an example, guys. Excellence versus perfection. Think Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Michael Jordan, like he, like made himself great. He worked his you know butt off every day. He reached for excellence. He demanded respect. And this is not a this is not a joke or chop towards nobody. So far as LeBron, you know he gets on the team. He's he's one of the best players in the world, but he's also a guy who wants to win so like all the rings, all that. So what he does is he goes out and finds players that are good as well that can come on his team and can help him win win rings. MJ was there. The management may have brought some players, but MJ also was just a good player himself so far as LeBron is bringing guys in to help him win. So it just it's a, it's a mindset thing, guys. You know, there's no such thing as in my mind, I always tell myself there's no such thing as perfection. Mm-hmm. But there's always uh, finishing the job. Yeah. That's how I feel. So, with that. With that. We just hope you guys. We just hope you guys. Can learn yeah. from this and just persevere just and be gritty, gritty in whatever your endeavors are. And always strive for excellence with what you do. And uh, with that note, it's time to get out of here because it's past midnight and I am slowly dwindling away. So once again, thanks for getting your life together with us. That's y'all leader. You can find me on IG at Megan.Janette. You can find me on IG at Gregory.K underscore. Don't forget about our fitness page at MustMillennial. And be sure you're following at Get Together on Twitter and Instagram to stay connected with us. So we love y'all. Have a great week and see you next Tuesday. Quitting is an option and failure is an everyday thing. Yes. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye now.